Welcome back, everyone, to the Who Actually Knows podcast. This is episode 43. I am a little nervous. This is the first time we're doing a video podcast, and I don't really know where to look, if I'm being completely honest, if I look at you or the camera. I think you can't go wrong. I think I'm just going to look at you. You could pull, like, a gym from the office and give the camera, like, a little... Like, every once in a while? Yeah, exactly. A side eye. Yeah. A wink. A kiss. Important. Below the listener's little kiss. We love now our listeners. Have, like, a face to the name. But you guys, I'm very excited. This is not only our, our first video podcast, but I am hosting and podcasting with a very special guest. This is Jonah Fialco, and we have known each other since college, my freshman year. Uh, no, because you were brought into my rush, maybe my that sophomore right. year of college. I think your sophomore year of college, my yeah. senior year. Yes, yeah. because we both went to the University of Illinois, and we were in uh, Phi Gamma Nu PGN, which was our business fraternity. Um, also, fun fact, today I was talking with Cami and Bros. And Electric people, shout out Cami and Bros. Yes, and they were talking about how you were the person that like swayed them to go geese. Okay, this is true. Well, we're already getting into our first story. <laughs> when I was a tour guide for the College of Business at the University of Illinois, I think I was a sophomore. They were prospective high school seniors, and yeah. I had both of them on my tours at separate times. And I guess they liked my terrible tour guide humor enough to commit to Illinois. And then they came into the business fraternity and we all became friends and it was a magical time. Yes. And they've been on the pod. The listeners know them. This is uh, the invisible string theory. It is. Yes, exactly. But you guys, this is Jonah Fialco. He is not only a perfect salesperson for the Geese College of Business, but he is a CEO and he just released an app, which we're going to get into, um, and we're going to talk about his company, Bracketology. He also is doing content creation as he's a vendor for the Chicago Cubs, and it is a personal passion of his, and he shares his story well, and this has all been a pretty big development in the recent years for you, and we're going to get into it. I think he's going to share a perspective that is a very different path. It's going to be very fresh, very new. And I'm excited. So, Jonah, welcome to the Who Actually Knows podcast. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We're going to have a lovely time on the show today. And I'm excited to chat all things reality TV and uh, hot dogs at Wrigley Field. Yes. And I want to kind of introduce you to the listeners. So, you don't live in L.A., but you're in L.A. right now. So, can you kind of explain this journey that you're on? Of course. So, grew up north side of Chicago in the suburbs, uh, went to the University of Illinois, as you know, and then right after graduation, moved straight to Wrigleyville, diehard Cubs fan, more on that later. Um, and then uh, I started kind of like a digital nomad lifestyle now that I run my own company, and for the past two months, going on three soon, uh, I've just been a snowbird. So I escaped the Chicago winter and was in San Diego for December. L.A. for all of January, and after this, I'm going to Puerto Escondido down in Oaxaca, Mexico. I'm going to get my Spanish on, some guac, some surfing, and uh, it's been a lot of fun kind of traveling and working remotely. And then when are you going back to Chicago? Uh, I will be back in the middle of March because I have to be back in time for opening day at Wrigley on April 1st. So mm -hmm. I will be in Chicago from April through October for the rest of my life because Cubs baseball will be there. So if you ever need to find me, Chicago, in the middle of the year. <laughs> I love it. And 
So we talked a little bit. You are your own CEO, which gives you a lot of flexibility for what you're doing right now in this journey, which is awesome. Thank you. But that wasn't always a career choice for you, was it? No, it, it was always kind of a goal of mine to like start my own company. Um, I didn't necessarily think I'd have the opportunity when I was 25. Um, but it was for me, I went into sports marketing right out of graduation. I enjoyed the people I worked with, but I wasn't doing exactly what I wanted to do in sports marketing. So I pivoted uh, to data analytics and e-commerce at Foot Locker in January of 2021. And then kind of simultaneously met the founders of this really cool website called Batch Bracket at the time, which was a fantasy platform for The Bachelor. And I thought that we could take it to the next level. And we partnered up in May of 2021. And that was kind of the beginning of, of the entrepreneurial journey. And what like part of... Um... Was it Batch Bracket? That's what it was, the yeah. name? What was the selling point, like the story behind it that like sold you, like, I want to work on this project? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I love the entertainment industry. I don't think the entertainment industry gets like enough credit for its importance. I think entertainment plays such an important role in our lives, and I've always wanted to work in entertainment or sports. And I love the passion that the original founders had, and they married reality television, which I guilty pleasure, enjoy, and fantasy gaming, which not guilty pleasure, very well known pleasure, I also enjoy. Um, so I thought that we could expand it outside of just The Bachelor and offer fantasy games for a whole suite of reality television shows. Um, so that was the goal, was to kind of become the premier centralized platform for all reality TV fantasy gaming. Okay, and do you still work with the two founders? So it was actually, Batch Bracket was created by four women out okay. here in LA that all work together. Um, they still are integral roles of the team. Uh, one of them, Caitlin, who was kind of like the face of Batch Bracket, and it was along with these other founders, it was their baby. Uh, and we just hired Caitlin full time as our CRO, COO, CMO. She's incredible. She's the main chief. She's oh, got all the titles. She, besides CEO, obviously. Yeah, that one. But she is just a stellar colleague and. It's been awesome to have her full-time these past four months, and we definitely would have no shot being where we are without her. Um, so now it's kind of me and Caitlin running the ship and taking it to the moon, as we like to say, internally. Yeah, I mean, speaking of taking it to the moon, you just released an app and been following on your TikTok announcements and like Instagram, obviously. It's in, it's number 23 for the, for greater than what category? Yeah, we somehow, within a week, like we're in the trending, we got up to number 23 in entertainment in the iPhone app store, which like below us was like CBS, Eventbrite, like Paramount Plus. It was absolutely nuts to watch it. And a lot of that was because The Bachelor premiered last night. Okay. Um, so that's when most of our traffic happens. But it was so rewarding to see um, we've had like 25,000 plus downloads in the first week. And it's just, it's nice to finally accomplish the goal of having an app because it was just a website. It's always been a website, but it was always a goal of mine and of Caitlin and the original teams to have an app in the app store. Mm -hmm. And it was really, really cool to download my own app on my phone and then see 25,000 other people download it too was uh, was awesome. So it's been a great start, uh, a very exhausting week, but uh, I'm nourished. I don't need sleep. I'm nourished by the entrepreneurial drive. So it's been a lot of fun. 
That's insane that you don't need sleep. Yeah. I think I was born with some extra energy. I think you were born with extra energy. You've always been very energetic, like, since I've known you. It's, it's a... It comes with the nature. I'm of, like jealous of it. I will give you some. We'll set up a transfusion. Maybe like there's a dopamine or serotonin like blood bank type thing that I could go to. I don't need all that I have. <laughs> I'm happy to give some away. So we could talk about it after this. Yeah, I would love some. I'm like ready to go to bed at like nine. <laughs> night, so it's the grandma in me. Um, but speaking of your entrepreneurial spirit, you are your own CEO. You create your schedule how how do you create your schedule like how do you stay productive when you can kind of pick and choose exactly how your day looks yeah that's a great question so there's pros and cons to being your own boss um the pros are that you get to schedule your day however you see fit um you can work from anywhere in the world and from a con standpoint sometimes it is difficult like prioritizing what exactly needs to be done in what order because there is so much to do, especially when you're just like one of two people that work full time. Um, So that for me has been like a growth point to try to prioritize tasks better. Um, And then I guess the only other con is just like, you're kind of always on the clock. Even if you're not like sitting down at a computer doing work or editing a TikTok video, my brain does not stop thinking of ideas and my company. It's, I feel like it's a child. Like I would imagine that once you have a kid, you don't really ever have another good night's sleep because you're always concerned about them. That is how I feel about bracketology. Yeah, that would make sense. I've heard a lot of people say though, if the company is not your child, it shouldn't be your company. Totally. Very aligned with that. You have to have passion about an entrepreneurial endeavor. Otherwise you'll burn yourself out. And you were talking about like making TikToks. How do you guys market bracketology right now? So shout out Caitlin. Uh, she and her, the original Batch Bracket founders met at a digital marketing agency. So that's what her background is in. Um, she is an SEO guru. We do some organic social media content. We do some influencer partnerships um, on a cross promotional basis, but we actually have never spent a dollar on marketing. So it's been entirely organic. Um, that's kind of what we like pride ourselves on. It's a big like word of mouth play. Um, eventually we will start to dive into that space, but it's been a, a good, uh, key feature for us to not spend any money to acquire users. Okay. Um, it's totally free to play. So that's kind of the marketing we do is, Hey, play for free, invite your friends and compete to see who you, th- who can predict who's there for the right reasons on the bachelor the best. Yeah. So what do you use Bracketology the most for? What guilty pleasure of your reality TV? So part of my job is for our fantasy game types. We have a number of them, but one of them is kind of like fantasy football. Have you ever played fantasy football? Yeah, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Okay, that's, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing for Fantasy Bachelor, so we're we're in a similar (laughs) boat there. Um, So essentially, the game type works how you draft a team of contestants each week. And then depending on what the contestants do and say during the episode, based on a predetermined list of rules that we create at the beginning of the season, that's how your team gains or loses points. So for The Bachelor, you'll draft four to six contestants each week. And for example, if Daisy says the word connection, that would be worth five points. If Allison gets a one-on-one date, that would be worth eight points. 
and I am sitting in front of the TV with my Excel spreadsheet of all of our rules for the season, every episode, tracking who says what and at what time, and then I'll publish the scores a couple hours after the episode. So I watch all of our reality television shows, so they have now turned into my guilty pleasure for every single one. Oh, so what if you miss one? Do you, do you feel out of pressure while you're watching these shows now? For Does sure. Does it take away the guilty pleasure part of it? Oh, I watch reality TV way different than anyone else watches reality TV because people are just like sitting there. They can be on their phone enjoying the drama, and I'm locked in like you making like, sure. Do not disturb the bachelor is on. Literally, yeah. <laughs> it's like who just ate on camera or who swore and has a penalty. So I am locked in in a different way. Um but I have gotten very good at it. So mm -hmm. we used to get a number of support emails from people being like, I'm in a league with a bunch of my friends and our significant others, and we've got 25 bucks on the line each. And John said the word journey at minute 15, but I don't see him getting any points for that. Like, please give me, make sure that John gets the right points. Do you give them the points? Oh, I go back and I review the episode to make sure that they're correct and I'm human. I can miss things. Yeah. So it doesn't happen nearly as much anymore because I've kind of gotten it down to a science. Okay. But people really care about fantasy reality gaming, and uh, and I don't blame them. And I would be mad at me, too, if I messed up and there were high stakes on the line, even bragging rights. <laughs> yeah, people go crazy for the bragging rights. Yeah. So how many hours are you clocking on reality TV? It depends on the time of year. Okay. So right now we have two shows that have just started uh, for 2024. So it's The Bachelor and RuPaul's Drag Race, okay. which are each like two hours a week. Um, so four hours right now. And we're about to add the Oscars for the first time. So that'll be a one night only thing. Um, but then... Get your game face on. Literally, yeah. That's going to be intense. Um, <laughs> and then we've got Survivor and Amazing Race starting at the end of February. So... I'll have all four of those shows kind of going at once. Um, so I'm watching a lot of reality TV during the week. That's so funny. It's yeah. also funny that you're probably, like, your social schedule revolves around your reality TV schedule. Entirely. Oh, sorry, Survivor's on. I'm busy. That's I'm fucking busy. exactly what it is. Yeah, so the when you work in entertainment, you your work time is when other people have free time, which mm -hmm. I noticed when I worked in sports marketing too. And because I love what I do, like it doesn't really bother me that much. Yeah. Um, but for sure, my social schedule is dependent on reality television and when I need to publish scores for the 25,000 people that are waiting to see their breakdown from the Bachelor premiere. Wow. Yeah. Carry the team on your back, the team of 25,000. I'm, I'm an important guy to some. And... <laughs> Important in a sense that a lot of their fantasy drive relies on my ability to successfully watch an episode. You know, that's a pretty good ability because I, I think a lot of people cannot do it just because of everyone's attention focus being so down. So yeah. maybe you're flexing a muscle that not a lot have. You you actually are. I, you know, that's the best way to look at it. Yeah. When I'm watching TV, reality TV, I'm working out. You're working out. Who needs flexing. the Stairmaster? Yeah. I'm working out the brain. Who needs a gym membership? Save LA save Fitness. A here, never heard of her. Give Keep me Paramount Plus. Never. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're building an app, and to break it down in layman's terms, what exact stages were there? Because we talked a little bit about marketing. You're like, oh, we don't really actually have to like waste any money on that. But obviously, like you need to pitch your idea, funding. You're getting it off the ground. You're 
doing an Excel spreadsheet, but then it's going to grow and now you have an app. What were like the stages of a progression of an app? Yeah, really good question. So we initially, when uh, I partnered up with the original Batch Bracket founders, there was a website. It got the job done. It was a little clunky. And then we built another web app to make it a little more flexible so that we can create fantasy games for new shows at the click of a button. So basically like using the fantasy games that we had for The Bachelor, but then repurposing them for other shows. So we had a web application for two years. Um, it still wasn't where we wanted it to be from a user experience perspective. It was a little too difficult to make picks. Sometimes it would crash on premiere night. Um, so we knew the app was one of our top priorities. And in the middle of last year, we realized that we needed to do one of two things in order to get that done. And the first was bring on a development partner. Um, and the second was fundraising. And a lot of that also was to go towards uh, bringing on Caitlin full-time. So that was our big goal. We accomplished that, uh, I think, in June of this past year, maybe July. And then we started meeting with the dev team regularly. Um, you start to make like design mock-ups, user stories of how each feature should react depending on where a user clicks and when. Um, and then they start the coding. I know absolutely nothing about any of that. So it's me trying to learn. Um, and it was uh, probably like a four-month process, a lot of beta testing. Um, and then you get to the glory day of the app release when it's in the App Store. And there's still a lot of work we need to do. We have a ton of feature options and updates that we want to do down the road. Uh, but it's in a really, really good spot right now compared to the web application. So the pick making is so much easier. It's just, it looks great. Uh, our dev partners are phenomenal. They've done a great job. And I'm really looking forward to working with them moving forward as we grow. Yeah, that's awesome. So out of all of that process, what were some of your biggest triumphs or like aha moments? Ooh, biggest aha moments. Um, we have had a relatively difficult time last year keeping the app up on premiere nights or sorry keeping the website up on premiere nights due to the amount of traffic we have so it's a good problem to have and we still are working on solving that even to this day we've gone through a number of bachelor franchise premieres so obviously you never want your app to crash and for there to be downtime but it's encouraging knowing that enough people want to play and want to be logged on before the show starts on premiere night that it can crash the app. Yeah. Um, this is just me turning my, all the little flaws that we have into positives. So that's, that's how I stay sane. Yeah. Um, but we've had some good progress there and we have some exciting updates coming down the road now that we have this new app that I unfortunately cannot share yet, but Stay tuned on social media for uh, some announcements, hopefully in the next month or so. Um, but it's been it's been awesome. Product's in a great spot now, and uh, we're going to the moon. I'll watch you all the way there. I appreciate I'm it. Here and I'm supporting you. Um, I also want to pivot and talk a little bit about you, and you mentioned it right away in the beginning, that you love sports and media, and specifically the Chicago Cubs. Yes. Um, have you been a Cubs fan since growing up? Oh, yeah. Whole life. 
diehard fan, cried like a baby when they won the World Series. Uh, Rick, Where were you when they won the World Series? So we were. I was a sophomore, mm-hmm. but for the three home games, I drove back up to Wrigley to be there. And then for Game 7, I was in the PGN house in the living room. Okay. Yeah. So it was... A box of tissues. Oh, no, so much no cry. So much crying. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome because now you are a Chicago Cubs vendor. Correct. And when did you start that? Why did you start it? And how did you become a vendor? So I started when I was a senior, summer of senior year going into freshman year of college. Um, I had always wanted to work for the Cubs. It was kind of like a dream of mine. And my friend, oh my God, that's perfect timing. Do you hear? Where's the... If you can hear this, my <laughs> ringtone is going off, and it's Go Cubs Go. That hold was on. actually perfect timing. Where's my phone? It's up there on the counter. Please hold. It's my dad. Dad, we're podcasting. Go Cubs. Oh, it stopped. <laughs> we tried. That was like on command almost. I was wondering where that music was coming from. Yeah, Go Cubs Go is my ringtone. Um, I should probably put my phone on Do Not Disturb. That would have been smart. I'm a rookie at this. Um, Okay, so when we were seniors going into freshman year of college, my buddy's dad used to vent. So it was me and two friends uh, in the north suburbs. And we thought it would be a really cool summer job. So... His dad connected us to the people that still run the vending operation. And I emailed them. I was like, hey, I'm a diehard Cubs fan. Got nothing to do this summer. Would love to vend for you. And they said, okay, we actually need vendors this summer. You're hired. No interview, no anything. They just, it was a dream getting that email. So I did my training. Um, So first season that I worked was 2015. So this summer is going to be my ninth season, which is kind of crazy. But Perfect timing because I got to work the playoff run and the World Series, and um, there's something so magical to me about Wrigley Field that it's like a, a dream of a lifetime to kind of call it my office and interact with all the fans and the other vendors who have been there for 50 plus years, and there's just so much history and passion and I wrote my college, uh, my common app essay about Wrigley Field, and now I'm like a little bit known around the stadium, which has been nuts. Um, a little, you're very known around the stadium. Yeah, I feel like I do get recognized a lot around the stadium now because of the uh, the TikTok game. But yes, and then we're gonna talk about that because yeah. you do a lot of different videos, and you well, you just said like there's so much history, and you want to share stories with the other vendors, and was that like one of the first TikTok videos that you made, or how did the vending and the TikTok become kind of like one thing? Yeah, I made a couple during during lockdown, during COVID, as everyone did. They were just stupid one-off videos. Um, at the end of 2023, so I also sell concert merch around Chicago, generally at Wrigley Field and Soldier Field, but I worked a United Center event. I worked the Harry Styles concerts, and... The last day of the concerts, I made a day in the life of a Harry Styles concert merch vendor video on TikTok. And it got like 5,000 views, and I was like, huh, I wonder if there's something here and a niche that could be explored. But I had to wait six months until baseball season to start that plan. Uh, So I came into this past baseball season 
thinking that I was going to be making content about the job, about the other vendors that work there, interviewing them, uh, just like kind of goofy videos showcasing my love of the Cubs. And I started 10 days before opening day in March of 2023 last year. And by opening day, I got recognized three times while vending, which was totally insane. And then the second day in the life video that I made, so it was game two of the season, it got half a million views overnight. And in the morning, someone in the Cubs front office reached out to me and someone at CBS Chicago reached out to me about getting more info and potentially doing a feature. So it was kind of at that moment that I knew I might be onto something. Um, But it's just been so much fun making videos about my job there. Yeah, and so walk us through a day in the life of a vendor. Day in the life of a Wrigley Field vendor. So you get up, you fuel up, you hydrate. How are you feeling? Give us the details. So I, I make a signature bagel sandwich. It is... I've and, seen. Oh, it's delicious. I'll have to make one sometime okay. for you so you can really understand the day in the life. It's a bagel, cream cheese, turkey bacon, egg, avocado, and ketchup. It's awesome. Uh, so that's my fuel. And then... I've seen some Eggos on there, too. I'm a big waffle... Si- Sorry, it's occasionally, and honestly, probably more regular than not when I do have waffles, it is sandwiched between two Eggo waffles. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I can't believe I forgot that. I need one of those now. Um, you're, you got to hydrate. Even if it's 40 degrees and windy, we got a physical job. So dehydration is no laughing matter. Hydrate. I have lived in Wrigleyville uh, for the past four seasons. So I make a 10-minute walk to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, we line up in seniority order before the game starts so we could pick the product that we're going to sell for the day. Okay. So I'm, even though I've been there nine years, I'm still like probably 70% back in the line. And so who's like number one? How long have they been there? 60 years. His name is Hopper. David. Yeah. He's a uh, have you He's done a, a TikTok or anything about him? I have. I've, d- I've interviewed a number of the guys that have uh, been there for half a century, which is kind of crazy to wrap your head around. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think as I've gotten older and started selling beer and then started to get to know the other vendors, it was really important for me to start to document their stories because I think they're so cool. And I was hoping that other people would too. And it's like a good way to honor the people who have given literally half a century to their job and the stadium and the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably, those are the favorite, my favorite videos that I make are these interviews. And for the older guys, they have had so much fun getting recognized from my TikToks. And I, I've got a, a vending mentor, uh, his name's Uncle Ronnie. He at one point came up to me and he said, Joan, I got recognized by three people today from our TikTok interview. And I go, Ronnie, isn't that great? And he said, it's not great. It's fabulous. <laughs> and it's been so fun. It'll be a goal of mine to get more stories documented next season. Um, but that's been my favorite part, I think. And people are going to start wanting to document your story somehow, some way. Who actually knows? Who First, actually knows? What a great origin documentation of the story. Yeah, I know. I'm super, I'm super excited that you reached out. This is going to be very full circle. Full circle. Invisible, th- invisible string. The invisible string. Yeah, can you explain the invisible string to the listeners? Oh, man. I watch so many TikTok videos that I feel like I could have like a PhD in some of these trends. The invisible string theory is a great example. Uh, 
a girl is out on a random night and she's dancing with her friends and she, a photo's taken of her. And three years later, she's with her boyfriend who they were not dating at the time. And she's going back through old videos and they see the boyfriend in the background of the video. It's, I think it's so cool. I think, are you pro invisible string theory? Do you believe in it? I'm going to be honest, this is like the first time I've actually like talked about it. Okay. So I can see, I can buy into it. I don't know if I, I, I mean, I, I could get into it. There's, there's some crazy know. coincidences out there yeah. that are so, they're so coincidental that you can't imagine them not being fate. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm pro invisible string theory. Um, but yeah, I totally lied. This is all full circle. Yeah. Um, and so with your... TikTok, yeah, life creation, everything. When you first started making these videos, did it feel weird to you, or was it kind of just like, you know what, this is awesome, this is what I have to share, I'm just gonna go for it? Yeah, it never really felt weird to be You're honest. Like, oh, I awesome. oh, I love attention. I <laughs> I thrive with it. Self aware king. Yeah, very. I I think I'm a self aware narcissist, if that's possible. I don't know <laughs> if it is, but I'm deeming myself as that. Not actually, but I do love attention. Yeah. I love people. Um, Part of my job at Wrigley like, is to make a fool out of myself yelling about the product that I'm selling. Mm -hmm. So for the first two games in 2015 when I first started working, very nerve-wracking. Like I was silent. And then it started to, I started to come into my own. And then as you keep growing as a vendor, you kind of develop like your own call. It's almost like an art. And some of these, Mark, the singing vendor, he comes up with jingles about what he's selling. It's incredible. He sings up and down the aisles. People have such unique calls. Antonio is quite possibly has broken people's eardrums with how loud he yells the word hot dogs. Like it just becomes like your own calling card. So I was never worried about putting that online. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of was hoping that people would interact and enjoy it and really just connect on a level of, you know, if people love the Cubs or if people love hot dogs. There's a, a meeting point at Jewish Jonah on TikTok for both of those people. So what is your call? What is your call and what is your like number one thing that you'd like to bend at the events? So my call is uh, I come out with like a weird accent when I do a hot dog call. So it's like, hot dogs, hot dogs. And then when I'm selling beer, uh, let's say I'm, I'm selling Bud Light, I'll be, hey, beer man, Bud and Bud Light, who's ready beer? Hey, Ice Cold Beer Man, who's ready? So those are, I've probably repeated that thousands of times in the stadium. Favorite thing to sell, though, frozen margaritas. So really? much fun. Oh, yeah. They're, they're a blast. 2020, uh, fun fact, actually. In 2021, they rolled out the frozen margarita vendor for the first time. And I had recently uh, become of age to start selling alcohol. And none of the older guys with seniority wanted to sell it. So... It got to me in line. It was a chance to sell alcohol at Wrigley. And I was like, all right, cool, sign me up. So I was actually the first ever frozen margarita vendor at Wrigley Field. Wow. There is no documented historian that has marked that down, but it is true. It's said on the podcast. It yeah. is true. Lock it in here. Um, What's your least favorite thing to vend? Mm. I get normally, normally now I have enough seniority to sell what I want, okay. but back in the day I would get stuck with like lemon chill when it was 45 degrees out or soda and you have nine different options. And if you, someone flags you down and they want to diet Mountain Dew, but you only have regular, then you go back and get the diet. It's not fun, but 
we're like you're still at Wrigley and you're watching the Cubs and you're interacting with people. So even on those days, like I still loved it. Yeah, that is that is awesome. I mean, you can tell that you're very passionate about it on TikTok, which I think is like really cool because you can also see your authentic, authentic, authentic. <laughs> That's the it's, word I was looking for. Authentic. That was a tough one, huh? Yeah, that'll you never English know what'll trip you up. Hard today. It's a, it's a Tuesday. At, is it a Tuesday? Yeah, it's a Tuesday. I, uh, the 15 hour work days this week have really yeah, and no sleep, so. turned my brain into mush. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's very genuine, which I like seeing on TikTok. Like, you can tell you're passionate about it. And it's awesome that you were able to find a passion and also make it a side gig and then see other people, you know, pour out love and support for it, which is like super cool. I appreciate that. Uh, you're going to have to give the listeners your hot dog call. No. Well, maybe at the end of the episode. Maybe, we'll, we'll, maybe, maybe like we'll the bloopers. Okay, we'll warm up to it. We'll think about it. Yeah, you got. It's true. It's hard to come up with it on the spot. You got. You it need years hard. of training to really get to that. I have no seniority. Level. Like, you're right. That's okay. You know, that's fair. I, I feel like I would be doing a disgrace to the vendors if I tried. Oh, no food. such thing. We're all pro hot dog. Do you eat ketchup on your hot dogs? Yes, I do. Okay, I also do. I am very. That's probably my biggest point of contention with my followers is yeah. they get very upset with me when I put ketchup I on ketchup hot dogs. I do ketchup and mustard. Okay, I respect I do that. Both. Have you, how do you feel about a Chicago style? Well, you're not supposed to put ketchup on the Chicago style, which right. I actually don't. I don't either. When I go Chicago I style. I Chicago style yeah. hot dog. I 100% respect it. There's something about a hot dog with just ketchup, though, that really does it for me. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of hate for that. But I do not tolerate ketchup slander on my page. We're pro ketchup. <laughs> yeah. I'm there. Heard it here first. I'm there. I used to put, this is, this might be expensive. I used to put ketchup on mac and cheese phenomenal big brain move yeah it was really good it was really good ketchup on a bagel sandwich or a, a, a waffle and egg and I used turkey to bagel ketchup sandwich. on like breakfast burritos breakfast sandwiches but i'm now hot sauce okay yeah you've grown up i've graduated i have not it's okay yeah taste buds are still honestly never do yeah there we're sticking grilled cheese and ketchup yeah. for the rest of my life that's perfect okay um before we leave the listeners I want to ask you if you have three pieces of advice or any advice, doesn't even have to be three, of people who are maybe thinking of like doing a career pivot or following their passion or finding their passion or sharing more things with the world via social media, what would your advice be? Yeah, I for sure do. Um, so I think the biggest piece of advice, if anyone takes anything from my hot dog rants or any other part of this podcast... Um, People always ask me, didn't it feel risky to leave a corporate job to start your own company, not pay yourself a salary? And for me, it felt riskier to not give it a shot and always wonder what might have happened. So I think like the most important thing, it's not risky to take a leap of faith and switch a career path. I think it's much riskier to stay comfortable, especially at our age, and not see what might happen. So I think like that for me was the most important piece of advice. I have some great role models. My older cousins have uh, been just incredible role models for me, all who have kind of gone like an alternate career path route. Um, so that for me, Top piece of advice, number one. Um, number two, you can't have any fear of rejection. It is just, you're going to get rejected. You're going to lose. 
The amount of times I've been rejected in life from jobs, from women, from investors, it's, it's enormous, but it's kind of what you do with those responses, and then you use it to fuel yourself. Ultimately, like, I just, my mindset is, all right, cool, wasn't meant to be their loss, like, on to the next. Um, you just got to keep shooting your shot. Okay, here's a trivia question. Um, do you know in NBA history who missed the most shot attempts? Michael Jordan. Close. It's Kobe. Okay. So you just got to keep firing, and you're going to miss constantly, but you just can't have any fear of, of missing. You're going to. Um, and it'll really, I think, help you as you start to develop into your, like, especially out of college in your young 20s, uh, young and mid-20s, and now for me, upper 20s, 27. Um, and then I think the third piece of advice, especially for the, the younger people who are listening, is uh, always say yes. Like, I hate the word yes man, but, like, be a yes man. If someone asks you to go to a museum and you're just, otherwise it's going to be laying on your phone scrolling TikTok, go to the museum. If you someone asks you to set up a charity drive, like, just do it, get exposure. It is more valuable to know what you don't like than what you do. And you're only going to know that by trying a bunch of different things. So just say yes. Don't be afraid of rejection. And the biggest risk is to not know what might have happened if you stayed comfortable. That was amazing. Thank you. I'm going to listen to these three pieces of advice a lot. I hope it's helpful. Yeah. And I know my listeners will as well because I always get comments and like things of, you know, I want to do this, but I'm scared. How do you navigate it? Um, so I think this is going to be very helpful and beneficial. That's and this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I really oh, appreciate it. Oh, of course. This. I had a blast. Thanks for having me. And shout out to you also for, you just did it. You bought a podcast set, you bought a microphone, and you just went for it. So That's I commend good. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm excited. Almost one year. Almost one year. Big banger out in LA at, <laughs> we're renting out a, we're doing karaoke in Koreatown. With a cake. With a cake. There's got to be a cake. <laughs> Well, thank you guys all for listening to the Who Actually Knows podcast. This was episode 43, and we will talk next week. Bye, guys.